0: This is a beginning point. It's the beginning of the rest of my life. I got the meaning, and I got to write it down. Because I don't want to forget it.
1: Just win, baby.
0: But welcome back to the Gold Jacket Podcast. We are proudly sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. I am your host, Gymnastic. You can find me on Twitter at Gold Jacket QBs. And I am joined, as always, by the other host of the show. He's always here, even when I'm not. I was almost not here today, um, Connor Donald. He can be found on Twitter at Connor10. We are proud members of the True North Fantasy Football Network. Make sure to check out the entire network on Twitter that's at True North FFB. YouTube right here if you're watching at the TNFF network and on the internet, truenorthffb.com and on our newest platform, Instagram, truenorthffb. Pretty easy to remember. Uh, you can find all our articles, rankings, podcasts, live streams, and so much more, including five nights a week of live streams kicking off week one. Connor, man, how you doing, buddy?
1: I'm doing good, man. I, I am hyped chat about for this episode obviously because i'm an eagles fan so i'm going to try and be the most unbiased that i possibly can be i mean when we're talking fantasy i don't have to really you know be all hyped up about like the eagles because well they're not that great for fantasy purposes in my eyes but i i can kind of shed my bias for fantasy purposes so i'm excited for this
0: me too i'm interested to hear your thoughts on uh short of a leash Jalen Hurts gets if Hurts is even going to suit up for him week one man so uh let's get this
1: (laughs) absolutely yeah we'll start out with that quarterback position too just like you started but I don't want to start with the Philadelphia Eagles I kind of wanted to share the love so we'll start in in Texas good old Texas with the Dallas Cowboys and old Dak Prescott Um, Very few teams have as sky-high ceilings as Dak and the Cowboys with their trio of wide receivers, Zeke Pollard, and the now tandem that they have at tight end. Dak made it five games into the season before the brutal compound fracture of his ankle that we witnessed in those five games. He finished as a QB1 three times, posting over 30 fantasy points. His points per game average was number one among all quarterbacks. He was on pace for nearly six thousand yards, five thousand nine hundred thirty-nine yards, and twenty-nine passing touchdowns. Um, if you check out our guy TNF Tyrell, he has posted a thread about the Kellen Moore effect on passing for the Dallas Cowboys. Five hundred ninety-seven attempts and six hundred thirty-nine attempts in the last two seasons. Um, Dak is a year remo- all, is also a year removed from a QB two season so my question to you is are you all in on dak prescott at his adp of qb number five right now
0: um absolutely you know what to be honest i didn't realize he was at qb5 um yeah i like it absolutely i like it this guy has never finished um other than a qb1 over like qb1 finishing you know what i mean 6 11 11 uh two like you said so yeah, I'm all in on him, man. You got C.D. Lamb, who I'm sure we're going to talk about in the wide receiver section. Uh, he's got probably one of the best trios, like I said, underrated. Michael Gallup, uh, Amari Cooper. We don't know what's going to happen with him. Um, going to get all in on Zeke, uh, hitting the line like something we're going to talk about there too. Like Zeke and his performance in those five games with Zach was was unreal. Our Dak was unreal. So, um, yeah, I'm all I'm all in on him. Like it's positive, right? Like Zeke's going to relieve leave some of it too so it's gonna be it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be something else man um Zlani rarovich all the way for sure um that threw me off there but yeah man so so what are you saying um and like I was even looking at it like so his stats are a little bit skewed like if you go on the road of his stat explorer and, like, say, take a look at 2016, his rookie year. And it ends up telling you that he had a QB1 rating of 62% of the game. We ended up hitting QB1. And I forget who I was listening to on a podcast, but they ended up putting out a way that I really liked it, where they took the top 12 QB averages for the year, and they took those and divided them by the games, you know, 15 games or whatever. And that's what the average that you needed to be to be a QB1 all the time like for example in 2016 like he was a QB1 week 5 with 21.8 points but then QB2 week 6 with 23 you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it's just weird like sometimes guys have really big boom weeks so um, looking at it i believe i think it was 20 point sorry um i think it was i think he had 20 points an average in 2016 And the overall that he needed to have was 16. So it was four points over. And then I was looking at 2019. Um, Yeah. And then um, I was looking at it in 2018, 19, and 20, and he maintained that average up just like you would expect. So, like, even though his stats look skewed when he says 62%, like 2016, it was more like 82%. I'm not 100% sure. It was like 82 or 83%. So, like, those stats are actually skewed when you look at them. So, that was something I was looking at that was a little bit better too, that, hmm. that I like. So, um, yeah, I'm all in on him for sure. He could be QB1 upside overall.
1: yeah no I I definitely agree like with the way the passing attack has been going under Kellen Moore there's definitely a very realistic chance that he can be the QB1 especially based on the types of weapons that he has around him and I mean you hate to admit it but you know like the way that the defense has been the the game script is going to play into Dak's favor he's going to be able to throw the ball a lot they clearly have no fear of just letting him unleash the ball all the time, and and that's really that's really a good thing for him. I think Kellen Moore really allows it, Dak to be the best version of himself that he can be, and I think that that's really good. And I think, like you said, the QB1 upside is there, whereas some of the other people, yeah, the QB1 upside is there with a Kyler Murray or the QB1 upside is there with a Lamar Jackson. But at the end of the day, there's I feel like there's a bit more risk associated with those guys especially like a lamar jackson who relies so much on the on his russian attack so like this relies solely on the arm plus dak prescott has some mobility he does have the potential to definitely run the football where he needs to run the football and he does take some red zone carries that gives him some touchdowns as well usually six right usually right around six so exactly so there is that mobility thing to factor in but not necessarily as much as like you have to bake in the mobility factor with Lamar Jackson, because we've not seen a full on passing game and can he really sustain a full on passing game, which is not a jab at Lamar Jackson. It's just, if they're going to throw the ball more, what is the impact on the mo on him running? Um, and Smokey actually asked, "Do you think yeah, his rushing touchdowns still happen?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I do. Um, it's just like a psychological thing. I would think that would prevent him from running it in. Cause he is mm-hmm. dangerous, right? Like it all depends. And I think, I think Dak has the mind of a champion. I think he has the mentality of a champion. So this is a guy that I am again, all in on. And for a sole reason, like not only talent alone, you can't and Connor, I remember you saying this and it was a, it was a bold statement last year in gold jackets. And I was with you on it, but 3 1000 yard receivers is what you predicted and like that a couple other people thought were were on there with you too. So if you think that you got to be behind Dak, right? Like if mm-hmm. you believe in a man like Amari Cooper might not be the best start and sit wide receiver in the game that you want to hit considering he had 52% of his points in a couple year in uh, 2017 in three games. But this is and cd lamb taking the assumption that he's going to be the wide receiver one of amari cooper misses time and then you have michael gallup who flashed at the end before they drafted cd lamb showing that he could be a capable wide receiver two at any point and has chemistry with Dak. if you believe in any one of these three or all three of these plus zeke showing you that he has capability in the passing game upside then you have to be behind the anchor in the dallas cowboys offensive line which is going to be (laughs) <laughs> Which is going to be Dak Prescott? So, um, yeah, man, I, I can't can't be all in, but like, let's let's keep it let's keep it moving to a guy that I'm very interested to talk about. I want your opinion on him. Let's hear it, Philadelphia Eagles. I want to know how you think Jalen Hurts is going to fare and if he's even going to be there week
1: one. Yeah, well, so I guess the only thing that would st- prevent this from prevent this whole Jalen Hurts dream scenario which for fantasy purposes isn't a bad thing is if things with Deshaun Watson clear up because every time every week there's a new report saying Philadelphia's just waiting to see what's going to happen they're waiting to see if he's going to settle they're waiting to see what the league is going to come down with as a punishment but at the end of the day Jalen Hurts would 100% be a part of the package to get Deshaun Watson so if you have Jalen Hurts no matter what he's going to be a starter whether he's in a Houston Texans uniform or whether he's in a Philadelphia Eagles uniform. He's going to be the starter. And um, I mean, so there's no reason to rush to any conclusions like, oh, if he gets traded, he's not going to start because when you look at the Houston Texans situation, it's not like they have anyone there that's going to start over a guy like Jalen Hurts. So that's my big thing there. The only thing only thing that would stop Jalen hurts from starting in a midnight green uniform is if things clear up and things clear up very quickly with, um, with Deshaun Watson, which I don't know if that's going to happen before the start of the season. And then once you're in season, that's a whole nother discussion to have, um, In the four weeks he did start last season, he provided fantasy owners with an exciting blend of mobility and fantasy intrigue. He was a QB1 in three weeks and produced 20-plus points. He also ranked top 12 in carries, carries per game, rushing yards, rushing yards per game, and rushing TDs, and he only had four starts. Um, His completion percentages are concerning, but at the end of the day, we don't worry about that stuff in fantasy. You can... if you. I mean, you kind of do to an extent, but you really don't. If he's completed enough passes to produce three QB1 weeks, he has the mobility to stand alone, help you get your QB1 weeks. You shouldn't necessarily worry. Like it's the same with Lamar Jackson. People talk about him in the passing game and the completion, just like I just did. But it's like, but the mobility works. Things work if certain aspects of the game are working to produce those qb1 weeks and give you those boom weeks there's no reason not to believe in Jalen hurts especially with the way he performed in those few weeks now when you look at it from a non-fantasy perspective there are definitely some things to worry about so like as an eagles fan like the completion percentage is kind of worrisome because We don't have the world's greatest defense, et cetera, et cetera. So we want to be put in the position where we're putting up a lot of points and stuff. So that's where I think it's different. Do I think he's there week one? Absolutely. Do I think anything clears up with Deshaun Watson anytime soon? Not really. I think you have to see the whole Deshaun Watson settle before anything else moves forward, like the NFL deciding on a punishment, the NFL concluding their investigation. Um, but, I mean, as you've seen, there are women who are probably trying to open up criminal investigations against him. There's a civil investigation. There's just so much going on right now. And as much as the Eagles love Deshaun Watson and think that's what makes him a Super Bowl contender, if you're a Jalen Hurts owner, you should be feeling pretty comfortable right now, I think. So you do not believe
0: the rumors that Jalen Hurts would not be a part of the package and they were going to actually send potential first-round pick Devontae Smith with another first-round pick. Dan to,
1: Cilio? Hey, you I'm mean just saying. <laughs> no, I, I definitely, I I definitely don't, don't believe that. I was leaving that. him
0: unnamed. I was just asking, do you believe, do you believe de- these these rumors?
1: Listen, I believe some things that guy says, but there's some things that I think is a clickbait. And in this situation, if you have a very trusted source and Philadelphia went that, that hard to get a wide receiver, they traded – to get themselves positioned to get Devonta Smith. I don't think that they are going to go and just trade him away with a couple first round picks and say, okay, we're happy with this because I mean, look at the wide receiving core behind Devonta Smith and we're going to get into the receiving core. We're going to get into the tight end tandem. Um, we're definitely, like, we'll get into more of that discussion. But yeah, you can't afford to move Devonta Smith. Just kind of, just kind of poking the bear there, seeing, seeing how you really feel. What about right your there. opinion before we move on? What about your opinion on Devonta Smith? Devonte Smith real quick? You or want, no, or Jalen you... Hurts. Sorry, my bad. Jalen um, Hurts.
0: Listen, yeah, I like Jalen Hurts, man. In the four games he played, he averaged 26.9 PPR points, being a QB1 75% of the time. I know that, again, is skewed. Put up some big fucking games though for you, and week 17 didn't even matter for us. So it was week 14, 15, 16, like fantasy championship weeks. He was QB1, and that is what mattered to you. So yeah, he won you weeks, man. He won you championships. Literally won you championships. Um that being said, we all know that uh TNF's and uh SOD um co-founder there. Uh, Dan Brown is a big Jalen Hurts guy. He's, he's doubling down on him. I am actually in the other camp where I'm flipping them where I can get extra value. If I can trade him, whew, if I could trade him for a Deshaun Watson and something knowing that I'm going to end up eating the Deshaun Watson for a bit, I would do it. Um, mm-hmm. I have traded him for i I have traded him for Taysom Hill and DJ Moore in the Superflex League because I believe that that will be the starter in, in New Orleans. As I, was I say, we
1: we talked <laughs> before we came on the air. I don't like Taysom Hill, but DJ Moore, I can get behind that. I can get behind so, that.
0: I mean, but that's the thing. Like this is. I didn't really see that as a downgrade, like when you when you're looking at the QB position there from from Jalen Hurts to Taysom Hill. When it comes to a fantasy aspect, these guys put up points, and I don't care how they put up the points, um, they're they're going to do it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I saw that. I saw that as as a good lateral move. And don't get me wrong, I'm still trying to move Taysom Hill. Um, uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love right, it. Let's, yeah, let let's move on because I want to get to this guy as well. The New York Giants. This is this. Feels like a make-or-break season for Daniel Jones. They've surrounded him with the weapons that he needs. Back-to-back seasons, finishing outside the top 20 at quarterback. 2020 could be a slight write-off with the loss of Barkley. COVID, the supporting cast, that ranked 31st among quarterbacks. Barkley's back. Galladay is signed. Kadarius Tony yeah. is drafted. Plus, he has an intriguing mobility potential. He did rank top 10 in danger plays and interceptable passes. Is it really make-or-break time? Is Jones or is Jones really just a back of the pack fantasy QB where that should have his expectations tapered?
0: Oh, um, I think Daniel Jones this year. Yeah, actually, real quick though, smoke. I did and I said Zlatan or Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I do think this is a make-or-break year for Daniel Jones. This is the year that I am in on him. He has shown the rushing mobility. I know he gets made fun of for that big 70-yard run where he trips, <laughs> slips, and falls over something. I don't know.
1: You bet I remember that. Over. That was against Philadelphia. You bet yeah. I remember that.
0: There's, like, there's like the videos where, like, they have the SpongeBob showing up and he's, like, sticking up the <laughs> stick at the last <laughs> second. And he's, like, falls. Like, it's all hilarious. But laugh at him if you want. He was clocked fast on that run. The dude can move when you give him space, and you know what he's gonna have in 2021 a little bit of breathing room with Saquon Barkley back. And that's another thing, like people are fading that dude, thinking like he's gonna be on the pup and they're gonna be fading him. This is Saquon Barkley, are you nuts? Like, (laughs) man, yeah, we'll talk about him a bit too, but yeah, it's totally make or break. But like you say, they surrounded him with like all this uber talent. But like I really don't think they did when it comes to it. I'm not that impressed with uh, Kenny Galladay, and by the way, he's hurt. Um, I'm not that really mm. impressed coming into things with Kadarius Tony. I do have him in some in some leagues just because of the first round draft capital. He got hit on the COVID list a little earlier. He's off it now. He's practicing. I was actually a big proponent fan of Darius Slayton, yeah, I know he was – yeah, he was activated and practicing. But um, I was a big fan of Darius Slayton. He kind of fell on his face last year, so I don't really know what to think about him. And I was never really sold on Evan Ingram, to be honest with you. But, like, I've seen – I'm sorry to say this, Connor, but, like, I've seen Philadelphia operate well worse. So so I don't see why Daniel Jones can't make this this – actually happen like there's not an actual Mm -hmm. true wide receiver one i see in that room at all but i do see a couple wide receiver twos that can win nfl games not necessarily win you fantasy games
1: Mm -hmm. no i I definitely agree with that i do think and if you want to dive into this topic a little bit more uh jesse over at tnf F north FFB.com uh wrote an article about and called it make it make or break year for Daniel Jones, and he really dives into Daniel Jones. So although we may be doing an injustice to that article, go over and check that article out because he'll be able he'll show you a very deep, deep dive there. Um, but for me, I think it's a make or break year too, because like you said, you've seen Carson Wentz do more with less. I understand people will sit there and say, Well, he had two tight ends. Like, okay, you had two tight ends who have to produce the majority of stuff for themselves after the catch. Like, you can say that, but he did a lot with what he had. Jalen Hurts did a lot with Quez Watkins and Greg Ward. And, like, so we can't always sit there and say that you need to provide the weapons like this for Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones should have been able to, you know, maybe show us a little some, something. And like I said, his danger plays are there. His interceptable passes are there. His offensive line does suck. I completely agree on that front as well. But he's got to learn to work with what he's got, and I think that that's something that he's struggled to do. Um, and I so, like
0: Daniel Jones for 2021. Mm-hmm. Like I, I want to really, uh, reiterate that I, I do like him 2021. I like his talent. I just mm-hmm. – I know it's a make-or-break year, and I think like – I think the Giants could have spent a little bit more money or more wisely to actually fully surround him talent-wise. Like, we already said Galladay was already hurt. Um, If I could quote Smokey there, fuck Evan Ingram. (laughs) Um, But, you know what I mean? Like, this is just shit. Like, you know what I mean? And, like, Caden Smith, like, they could have two tight end sets if they want to roll Caden Smith, just saying. But um, that's another thing. But let's let's keep it rolling over here with the quarterback. Oh, and and don't forget,
1: as we move on to Washington, Kyle Rudolph is there as well, just saying. Um, But Washington football team probably – as we talked about some pretty ugly quarterback situations and had this discussion, I don't think there's any uglier one that we're gonna get into. I mean, no offense, Coach Craig, but the Texans one was pretty ugly to talk about. But now we're talking about uh what fits magic or Tyler Heineke, another magic story. Um, they are the only team with a very uncertain future at quarterback. Do are you just straight up avoiding this situation because you know that eventually they're gonna get their franchise quarterback here in an upcoming draft? Or are you actually buying into Fitz Magic or maybe tolerate Taylor Heineke or I mean I don't have really anything to add to this. I, I say avoid, avoid, avoid like crazy.
0: Um Fitzy if he keeps this job. <laughs> is a good stopgap for a super flex team that needs to go at a run. You know what I mean? Like you're contending, you need a third quarterback, Fitzy's it. I hope to God he still has the job when uh, you need him for your bye weeks because there's one thing, and I kind of joked about this in the TNFF chat, was like Fitzy loses his job at some point in the year all the time, except for Buffalo, where he got paid that ridiculous amount of money that he never ended up actually cashing in on. And the Jets, because fuck nobody else in the Jets could ever usurp anybody there at that time. Um, So, yeah, I don't I don't think that he plays all 17 games. I think you can get him cheap enough. I think he is exactly what you think he is, which is a stopgap like Teddy B was last year for me, um, where I gambled on him in a couple places. But yeah, man, like he can give it to you. He was uh, top five in completions percentage last year. So while he's ugly and throws a lot of YOLO balls, he can definitely
1: yeah. His eat, deep per- his deep percentage is actually like if you look, he's top five in the league in deep completion percentage. So you call them gross. but exactly you call <laughs> them YOLO balls, but his his ability like no Jameis winston was the definition of yolo balls he heaved and whatever it was what it was and i know that Fitzmagic magic is is you know known for you know the yolo ball where his mask is being ripped off his face but at the end of the day It's like it's calculated YOLO balls. He knows he sees the target. He knows where he's going with that.
0: He has some pretty good wide receivers that can track those balls too. You know what I mean? And he has a good one in Washington. That's another thing. Like he's got Terry McLaurin who is going to catch some fucking balls, man. And that guy can go and catch some deep passes. And everyone else is excited about about, uh, Terry and the Fitz connection. We're going to touch on him.
1: A little later. Uh, I don't know. 100%. If it's on the first thing. Uh, first thing. No, day we're, we'll be bill. doing running backs and wide receivers. But perfect, before yeah, we perfect. move into the running back department, gold and fools, gold, gold for me, no brainer. Dak Prescott, that man's going to be gold. He's either going to pay. He may not. Nest, he, he should be right on or exceeding his ADP every single season. I think he has a good chance to be a top five uh qb as long as the weapons are there and you know that they're probably going to keep at least two of those wide receivers they got a good thing going there they're not going to mess that up well you never know it's the cowboys um fool's gold for me is going to be uh anyone in washington eventually they are getting their franchise quarterback
0: okay um we agree this week on the gold is Dak. I told you he could have overall QB one upside. Um, I disagree with the Fitz and the Heineken because you know what you're getting with them. You're not looking for a franchise guy when you're getting him in the superflex leagues. You know, you're getting a stop flap guy. You're not paying for a superflex franchise guy. Um, he's probably cheaper than Derek Carr. You know what I mean? We're in oh, uh, 100% there hundred there. there. And there, and there's a dude that might not be there next year. Um, so my fool's gold is actually Jalen Hurts. Um, I'm afraid that he's not going to be there in that offense and have to learn a new offense if everything goes through like the smoke is indicating. So that's the guy that, and even if he does stay there, like, like you said, it's, it's a bunch of shitty wide receivers as everybody keeps shitting on. And, um, some tight ends that everybody was shitting on too. And everybody thought was going to be, one was going to be top five tight end. And one was just shit and going to move on. We're going to touch on them at the end of this episode because mm-hmm. I like one of them. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Wait, I the, know that. you do. I know you do. We'll move yeah. into the running back department though. Um We'll start out in Dallas. Now this I love I listen, I for fantasy, and I know Smoke is gonna love this after I just threw shade at his Dallas Cowboys, but I love Zeke. I love Zeke for fantasy, and and the re, the fact that he's going outside of the RB1s is crazy to me per road of his FFPC. Um in the last five years, Zeke has been an RB1. Every season, RB nine last season three, five, twelve, two, including 2017 where he missed six games, he was still able to be a RB one. He had what some would call a down year in 2020 with a case of the uh, case of the fumbles, but I really don't believe that's reason to fade this man. He has three seasons of over 300 PPR points and has produced 16 plus PPR points in 77 percent of his games played. Dak is back with the whole plethora of QBs uh, of Cowboys offense um, over the last three seasons. Zeke produced 10 more PPR points with Dak at quarterback. Dak has missed 10 games um, with Zeke in town. Zeke is currently going the RB 13. I ask you if the, hey, if if this is warranted because I do not think it is warranted one bit.
0: I like Zeke. I like that I can get him in the back end as my round two running back and pair him with a guy like ooh um, if I'm on the back end probably a guy like Aaron Jones uh, he might he might slip Aaron too, Jones right?
1: Antonio Gibson something yeah, like see, that
0: yeah and we're gonna we're gonna talk about Antonio Gibson mm-hmm. um, but I love I like I said I love Zeke they're gonna feed Zeke um, I think like you said he still ended up as an RB one which is fucking nuts. Um, but let's look at weeks 1 through 5 with Dak because that's all we care about. We don't care about Ben Danucci. We don't care about whoever the hell Andy
1: Dalton. <laughs>
0: yeah, um you know, we don't we don't give a shit about them. We care about the the trio, the three horsemen there. Uh and they had a fourth, I guess they'd be the apocalypse, but they got the three horsemen there. Um and they got Zeke and and through the and through the first 5 games, so he had three home games, two away games. He averaged uh, 22.7 PPR points uh, in home games, 22.8 PPR points in away games. Um, he had 17.7 rushing attempts on home games, 18 rushing attempts on away games. He was actually more effective in the home and the dome, 4.4 yards carry to 3.6. And he was actually more efficient with his receiving yards, having 39.3 yards a game for a receiving average of 7.9 at home and 6.1 on the road. People, again, are just shitting on this dude. He played with COVID. Uh, I had, and I again, in the season I had a little bit of concerns when Dak went down and then he got COVID. I didn't actually think he'd keep producing. He ended up doing pretty good for you um in fantasy. He kind of shit the bed there in the middle came back there at the end, did exactly what you wanted him to do. And if you're getting a discount on him, like uh, ride it to him. I understand he's a little bit older. He's had the wheels, maybe got a little bit of tread taken off of him, but it's it's all good right now, man. So invest in Zeke. I know Smoke's probably uh, going from 6 to midnight right now with all this Dallas love. Um, but, yeah.
1: Listen, you can't throw shade at the offense. At the end of the day, we can throw shade at defense all we want, but we're a fantasy football show, so we're not going to throw the shade at the defense. We're just going to talk up the offense because we know that offense is going to have to produce mass, mass amounts of points in order to counteract the defense that's there. But yeah, bye, Zeke. I think I, I, I posted a tweet earlier today. His average was, like you said, close to 23 points a game with Dak in those first five games. His average after that was 11 points per game. He never got over 20 PPR points after Dak went down. So as as Dak is there. Zon's Dak is healthy, he is a complete steal at RB13 despite the age, despite everything that might be working against him. He's no older than some of the other people or not that much older than some of the other guys going way ahead of him or going ahead of him like Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones etc so no reason not to go in on zeke next up, philadelphia with my boy miles sanders miles sanders has fallen on some mixed feelings in the fantasy football community he's currently going as the rb 20 he struggled with ball security in 2020 eight drops good for second or bad for second among rbs and the Eagles ended up going with Kenneth Gainwell in the draft in the fifth round, a top receiving back in college. Sanders had a monster opportunity share in 2020. 76.3% of all Eagles running back work went through Miles Sanders. Sirianni is known for assigning roles to specific running backs like we saw in Indy last season with Wilkins, um, Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines. A regression in workload could be expected for Sanders but Sanders did rank 11th in true yards per carry, eighth in yards per touch, tenth in yards created per touch. I mean, is his big play waiting to happen? Play enough to warrant his RB 20 ADP, or are you just out on Miles Sanders altogether with the situation being built with Nick Sirianni, Kenneth Gainwell, the talk of Boston Scott, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera, the things working against him. It is worth pointing out, since I do follow all the Eagles beat reporters he is continuing in camp to struggle with fumbles and drops in the passing game. Again, where there's smoke, there's fire.
0: Um, I'm taking my lesson heated from the Las Vegas Raiders and Josh Jacobs, where I didn't see the writing on the wall that they were going to bring in a guy and keep bringing in a guy until they found the guy. And, With Now they've done it with Ken and Drake. I believe the Eagles are going to do this exact same thing with Miles Sanders. They do not believe. I believe that he is going to be the true three down back. I'm not 100% believing on... The big play waiting to happen that's not what like that was like leonard fournette remember like a long time ago mm-hmm. where it was like three about uh, three quarters of leonard fournette you're like motherfucker like, <laughs> and then like, he would
1: blow off a 70-yard touchdown yeah. run and you're like that's my boy
0: yeah you're like you're going in next week lenny um uh, <laughs> uh, that's that's definitely a way to get your blood pressure up um But the writing's on the wall there in Philadelphia. If you want to heat it, like, heat it a little earlier right now and get out from Miles Sanders while you can, while there's still a little bit of value left in him. Because, like I said, like, they're bringing in guys. And as much as I hate it, because they're not going to run two back sets, they're probably going to run two tight end sets, right? The 12 personnel. Mm -hmm. They're not going to run the dual back, right? But So they're going to really tip their hand on when it's going to be a rushing play, I think or um like you know what I mean uh play action opposed to a true pass play um mm-hmm. just that that's that's just me so like i'm I'm really concerned about it if you can get out from him again like a lateral move if you can make a lateral move that you feel um in the running back department and say pick up a future second round pick next year or a low end wide receiver that I'm proven, like an eco collins or Shaw Bateman now that he's down, he might be able to get him in, like stash him on your IR. Like I'm not opposed to that because then like again, like I'm for flipping i'm like the guy that would like to flip some guys and then you flip those guys for other guys and then build up but like um yeah mm-hmm. I'm, I'm i'm not in on them i'm ranting out on them i'm sorry that i'm ranting i'm like all over the place today i apologize this is your division let's keep. don't, even worry, it. don't <laughs> even
1: worry about don't even worry about i think a lateral <laughs> movement is what would be like david montgomery i really like like if you can get that type of deal in play where you can get like a david montgomery for Miles. oh i think Sanders that's a thing a going upgrade. on i think I it's an upgrade too but i think based on the hate that even david montgomery sometimes is getting you might be able to get him um you might not get the second thrown in there with them but you might be able to get some no. sort of just b- at least forward movement in your in your russian room uh with a move like that and he kind of is landing on the fringe of the running back dead zone right now which is really scary in my eyes um Next up, we're going to the New York Giants. Um, Saquon is back, at least potentially, maybe at some point. The mixed messages continue out of New York. Um, it was awesome Ma- in that video running that wheel route. Did you see him? <laughs> I did. I did. He looks good. He, I mean, well, you never know. Whatever. We, we'll see what happens. I, I
0: love this type of year, man. Let's get overhyped. Like Coach Craig is in the chat like he always is. Craig, I tell you all the time, read the hashtags. Uh, training camp. Let's get
1: overhyped, fucking. Let's get it, man. <laughs> we, it's been so long without football. We got to get hyped, whatever. Like, who cares? Um, but the giant. So the mix. The messages are mixed as a giant season back to the offense, but their offense suffered immensely without him last season. Twenty sixth in rushing attempts, twenty seventh in passing attempts, ranked tenth in turnover percentage, and twenty sixth in scoring percentage, which is the amount of offensive possessions that ended in scoring. Play. Plays. needless to say the Giants need Saquon no matter how slowly they want to ease him back in two seasons one in which he missed 13 games he's finished RB11 and RB2 or when he played 13 games he's finished RB11 RB2 two 1000 yard seasons 70 plus targets in two seasons Saquon is currently going as the RB3 are you still invested this highly in Saquon Barkley um,
0: yeah, actually. So there was a time last year when he went down and I started flipping picks for Saquon and putting him on my IR. So I actually ended up taking about seven teams last year. But this year I ended up rolling in with seven teams that got a RB duo, my RB one and two as Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey. So I am loving it. So I ate it last year, but like I said, I was throwing it up because I am a big believer. I am a huge believer in, Side note right now, I'm going to go on hey, another tangent. Um, <laughs> people watch Marlon Mack this year, not because I don't think he's going to be fantastic or not, but gauge him as your gauge for Cam Akers. So, like, mm-hmm. example, I was actually just throwing out uh, offers for Cam Akers. So, a guy asked me in a Superflex League, he wanted Tua. So, and it was a 14 teamer. No, I said, okay, Not the
1: Gold Jacket special.
0: I said, okay, give me. I said, okay, give me um, Bobby Trees, Cam Akers, your 2023 first, and I'll give you Tua and Slayton. I'm waiting to see what he ends up saying on that. Saquon plays in the game, in the in the blue. I don't think he's anything but a franchise mm-hmm. player in in the Giants if they know what they're doing. You know what I mean? And and don't fuck it up. And Barry Sanders, him. he plays his entire career. In uh, in New York or sorry, New Jersey, All right? They're in New
1: Jersey. Yeah, New Jersey, the Ooh, Meadowlands. Yeah.
0: there's only one team in New York, and it's Buffalo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, listen, I agree with you though. You, you, there's no reason to get out from Saquon Barkley. Listen, if you're in a season long, I still think you'd be crazy not to. If they're gonna use him in for weeks one, two, and three, so what? Are you would you you still Pick want up Devontae him? Booker. Exactly, if you're like not they they didn't it,
0: pick up Devonte Booker.
1: Yeah, you can pick up Devonte Booker later, and then you can get the little bit of support you need there. But at the end of the day, if they were that concerned about Saquon Barkley, they would have done more to address the position. There was other free agents that they could have looked at. And instead, they looked at Devonte Booker. Uh, I, but that so, could also
0: go back to, like I said in the wide receiver section a little earlier, like when they went after Kenny Galladay, that kind of perplexed me. I thought there was a couple other wide receivers in the mm-hmm. same price range that I thought were a little bit better, whether it becomes uh health issues or just like overall talent that I thought were better. I was never really sold on Kelly Galladay as a talent and I was fucking had an egg on my face in Detroit because he made me eat it. But... Um, <laughs> 32 year old Al from Mars. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? That could just go back to that, that talent, uh, the that organization mm-hmm. just not being able to scout the right talent at the, at the right time for, for the right price. But I'm not hundred percent sure, but I am a big believer in Saquon. said, so you look good riding that, that wheel rope there in, in the, gray jogging pants
1: absolutely now i completely agree and next up we're going to another va- rather rich running back right now and that is the washington football team and antonio gibson who burst on the scene in 2020 as a rookie and could we only be seeing the tip of the iceberg with his 47 percent opportunity share which ranked 34th among running backs One thing that stands out to me is he did see a light box 60% of the time. That's just me being picky. That was the sixth most among running backs. Saw stacked fronts and base stack rates 40% of the time, which ranked 52nd and 57th among RBs. That's just me being picky, though. I'm not saying it's the be-all, end-all, but defense has played pretty light uh, in the box against Washington last season. J.D. McKissick remains in the picture, although if you believe the camp uh, situation. It looks like Ron Rivera wants to move Gibson into more of the CMC light role and get JD McKissick out of the picture altogether. Um, so I mean, it seems to me like McKissick was more of a of a love child of having Alex Smith at quarterback, and it looks like it's Antonio Gibson full steam ahead in Washington. He's currently going as the RB nine in ADP. Um, listen, if everything is true hundred percent stand. I think like he did some great things with the forty seven percent opportunity share. You take that up ten percent, you even get it to fifty seven percent. This man can pay off his ADP with it's going ease, with that. ease. You, know it's going you exactly, than you than know just for an example though, if yeah. you take ten just ten percent alone, um <laughs> Yes, Coach Craig, I agree. Curtis Samuel does eat more into the McKissick role, and Curtis Samuel is probably not getting 110 targets. They don't even know Curtis Samuel is going to play. Yeah, they don't even know what's going on with him right now. The guy's hurt. What a surprise. Um, but, yeah, so yeah. what's your stance on, on Gibson uh, altogether? I mean, I think he can pay off his ADP with ease, and he doesn't even need to have the Christian McCaffrey role like Ron Rivera seems to want to give him.
0: Yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm actually – so. To preface this, I wasn't as all in as I should have been on Antonio Gibson, but to be honest, Same. one of the big turning points in this, and actually I know flipping Antonio Gibson works. I had a lot of shares of him. We got them pretty cheap last year because of that 33 carry thing. So I ended up diversifying in a couple places, trading them off for Teddy B in the Superflex League. <laughs> That's the worst trade i ever made. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, real quick with that, I am all in on him. I hope people – I can't do it justice. People should go back to yesterday's episode with Ty and Scott Barrett. And they talk about running back mm-hmm. through the tears and through the rounds. And they actually touch on Antonio Gibson a little bit. So I employ people to go back to that episode. Maybe we'll link it in the comments here. And, um, Go back on that because I can't do it as much justice as as I up, uh, talking about it and, and Ty. So, um, yeah. And um, I'll you know, I'll
1: uh, I'll give you just a little preview. They love Antonio Gibson, <laughs> so just a small preview, a small tidbit to get you to go over and check that out. Definitely, um, I agree with you though. They do a really good job of breaking down Antonio Gibson, his opportunity, can he be a bell cow, etc. So definitely go and check that out. Um, gold fools gold fool's goal for me is miles sanders man i don't know if i actually believe that he can be even a wide receiver two for fantasy i think that given the whole circumstance in philadelphia it can be a decent situation in real life football but for fantasy it's got the makings of a very very muddy situation there so i'm okay with it as an eagles fan not if i'm a sanders owner um and the gold for me man it's are these all not gold is Zeke Saquon and Gibson all not gold? Like I think I have a hard time giving a goal because outside of Miles Sanders, it is a beauty of a division from a, for the running game.
0: Yeah. You know what? I always joke and I hit the low hanging fruit in the TNFF chat and I say, we're going to talk about the NFC least division, but when it comes to the, when it comes to the running back position in this division, it is the NFC feast and these guys are all feasting. Um, I'm with you. You threw a little wrench in there. You went fool's gold first. Kind of threw me off. I'm with <laughs> you, though. Miles Sanders is the fool for me. Um, the true, absolute um, gold for me, though, is going to be Antonio Gibson because, like I said, go back and check out Ty and Scott Barrett for the reason why I believe he is actually going to be the gold in this um, in this division. Man, go, t- go check
1: that out. Absolutely, completely agree. Um, And uh, now, uh, if you want to take a quick minute to recognize one of our great sponsors.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. I just want to give a quick shout out to Viridian um, Global because to me, Viridian Global is family. You know, We're part of the Family Football Collective. And here at the Gold Jacket Podcast, we take family very seriously. We know that family doesn't always stop at the bloodline. And it's a word that ensues trust. It's a word that, well, around here, means that i know that i can count on you to have my back and viridian global like i said is family to us and it's a family of the fantasy football collective and that's the exact reason why viridian global will have your back and i don't mean just literally covering your back in the best apparel that they could possibly outfit you in i mean at every step of the way from finding you the brand that fits over 50 to finding the best tracking on your order making sure that you are fully satisfied every step of the way like I said, over 50 brands are part of the Fantasy Football Collective. So what are you waiting for? Why don't you join the Viridian Global family now? Check them out at viridianglobal.com.
1: Love it. Also, quick shout out at Viridian Global on Twitter as well. Check them out there. They're very active on the socials as well. Hopefully you're just One as passionate.
0: <laughs>
1: hopefully you're just as passionate about this wide receiving group that we have to talk about in the nfc east we're going to start in dallas again last season you pre you prefaced it by saying i said the cowboys would have three receivers with 1,000 yards and then Dak went down but there was certainly the potential that it was going to happen and i still believe that it's going to happen this year instead Cowboys wide receivers still ranked fifth in receptions, fifth in yards, seventh in total fantasy points produced, and were one of only three teams that had three wide receivers targeted over 100 times. The ADPs are currently CD Lamb as a wide receiver six, Amari Cooper wide receiver 19, and Michael Gallup wide receiver 48. Their 2020 finishes Cooper 15, Lamb 22, and Gallup 38. Um, which one do you want to own and why? Um, a couple of things that stood out to me, Cooper has been top 23 straight seasons, but in the last three years, got 10 or less points 36% of the time. So Murray Cooper does provide a little bit of volatility, um, although we do know a lot of that volatility came from the... Uh, Vegas raiders or oakland raiders at the time lamb is a rising alpha star clearly by that adp and gallup was the only wide receiver two three times in 2020 and has scored 15 or less points in 21 of his last 30 games so i know there's a lot of love for michael gallup because he's an impending free agent but there's some volatility that remains there for me personally i think the person the one to own is definitely cd lamb but Amari Cooper is definitely worth taking a look at because Amari Cooper and Dak seem to have a super good connection. Dak really likes Amari Cooper. So
0: so Dak likes all of them, which is like <laughs> uncanny, to be honest. No, like, I mean, like, he's got a connection with all of them. Like, he's mm-hmm. shown up with Michael Gallup uh, and his deep ball bread basket catching. He's shown up with Amari Cooper just knowing when he's going to break, you know what I mean, and, like, releasing that ball before he breaks and knowing where he's going. He's shown it with a rookie C.D. Lamb where he's twisting and turning in the end zone. You guys know what I'm uh, going at there with that highlight, even though I don't have it there. But um, C.D. Lamb for Dynasty is definitely one that you want to go with. Uh, Michael Gallup is the one I just drafted, actually, as my wide receiver three because he is the cheapest one. Uh, um, as you said, out out of him, and he is a free agent. If you're looking at dynasty, um, if you're looking season long, a lot of those numbers are skewed by not playing with Dak Prescott. So after you know the first five games, so and Coach Craig saying that Dalton like Gallup, but um, I like I like Gallup, man. Like I like Gallup. He is like to me, he's a poor man's Chris Godwin. Um, just. And the fact like second year, I was actually rookie year, I was grabbing Chris Godwin real cheap. Uh, second year, I was grabbing him even cheaper, um, knowing that he was going to break out. I think Gallup leaves next year. Um, and he's not in Dallas for for dynasty purposes. And this year for 2021, why I'm all in on him is I don't think Amari Cooper opens up the season playing. And Michael Gallup has shown to be a capable wide receiver, too. And CeeDee Lamb has shown to be a capable wide receiver, one. I'm sorry, Connor. I don't think that the three wide receivers with 1,000 yards end up happening this year only because of injury to at least one of them. That's what I have to say.
1: That's fair that's fair definitely could be it it was an injury that derailed it all last season despite they still they all got 100 targets so at least they got that love from danucci and rush and dalton and and whoever else threw a football for them so at least they get the love The, The the opportunity and the target is there but they all have to really play out the 17 games for this to happen really
0: to just to tease the people here i'm reading the show sheet and i like how you uh sandwiched in these receivers there as I, I like to say the shit sandwich there you put like the, you put two good ones on the end and like the two poops in the middle so <laughs> <laughs> so we'll move into Philadelphia <laughs> and we'll talk
1: about Devonta Smith because it probably is the only person we're talking about um Smith put up his all time historic college football career numbers um, leading to his Heisman last season. The Eagles' wide receivers have posted bottom five fantasy output over the last two seasons. Heaven had a wide receiver in the last five seasons, and Heaven had a 100-target wide receiver since 2017, Alshon Jeffrey. Um, and I know that people are like, ah, oh, new offensive coordinator, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, if you're re- seeing the beat reports out of Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts' love and his tight ends, so we're going to dive into that when we reach that. So he's really liking his tight ends, which could be prefacing something similar happening in their uh, continuity of how they play in the passing game. Um, so what are your thoughts, Devonta Smith, Eagles wide receivers? Maybe you can even keep it quick and, and spare me the beat down.
0: Um, I'm still a Jalen Rager guy, man. Uh, mm-hmm. I might get shit on for that but that's something I'm going to stick with. He still has the first round draft capital like Devontae Smith. I understand that Devontae Smith had the Heisman nod there. But even with Jalen Hurts in that four-game stretch like we were talking about, Jalen Hurts and Jalen Rager, Jalen squared, um, had a great connection together. They were Shut up, a Greg Ward. He sucks. <laughs> 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 but but, uh, but yeah, man. Like I, I'm actually, I don't really want to talk about Devontae Smith. I'm sure you can see a lot of other podcasts that have talked about Devontae Smith. A lot of other people wrote about Devontae Smith. I actually might wrote about Devontae Smith. I am not not sure. Um, probably not. It might be somewhere. I don't know. Um, I'm all in like I said on Jalen Rager, his depressed ADP and he has the first round draft capital. I'm really sorry that I'm ranting today. I don't know really what's going on with me. But like yeah, I just think it, in Philadelphia,
1: I think the issue becomes like who do you start and when do you start them at the wide receiver position? I think that's the biggest thing because like I could go, I could tell you like Quez Watkins is someone I'd keep my eye on because he's getting hyped up like crazy. He was just a speed by guy. Darius Slay. He's getting hyped up by Darius say He's getting hyped up by the beat reporters. He, apparently, he's learning to win early in his route tree. He worked on his route tree. He worked on his route running. He's creating separation, not with just his 4-4 speed. So, I mean, that's a name to watch. That's someone who, if he's on your waiver wire, which he likely is in most... Go and grab him. Why not? See what happens with the whole situation. Greg Ward, I mean, he had a fine relationship with Jalen Hurts, but the big question becomes who are you going to start and when? And obviously the biggest opportunity share likely goes Devontae Smith's way. Um, but Jalen Reger is definitely someone to keep an eye on. There's lots of people to keep an eye on that you can get really cheap in Philadelphia if the passing offense really takes off. Um, no, I'm not buying any of the Travis Fulgham hype coach craig sorry i i am not um there's plenty of other hype and travis fulgham just hasn't really stood out at camp from what i've heard so i mean it's tough to say what's gonna happen with fulgham i think that was just a brief stretch a little waiver wire darling for people last season um
0: yeah i should have got out when you could have When you could have got a first and second for him uh, yeah i saw a couple people get first for him good for you
1: definitely definitely good for you i agree um and we'll f- complete the uh the middle of this shit sandwich with the new york <laughs> giants um the giants have re-ramped the wide receiving core after lackluster 2020 they've added galladay they drafted tony galladay was a wide receiver nine in 2019 before an injury riddled 2020 In 2019, Galladay was the number one in deep targets, number one in touchdowns, despite the 33 most targets. He did a lot with Les bringing major premium, including 11th in points per target. Slayton returns, who's been one of the main targets of Daniel Jones over the last two seasons to very mediocre results. Shepard and Tony will fight over the slot. And, uh, well, I mean, I just threw it out there. Let's not forget that John Ross is still alive and well, and very well, may be a member of the New York Giants come cut day. What do you make of the situation? They're all going outside of the wide receiver: two, Galladay twenty-seven, Tony fifty-one, and Slayton eighty-four.
0: Um. So. I was actually grabbing Kadarius Tony just based on the first round draft capital and the fact that you can grab him in the second round of rookie drafts, which was absolutely crazy to me. Uh it seemed a la Marquise Brown-ish to me. I know that hasn't really panned out too well either with a shit fucking quarterback throwing. Away. Um, but I'm not, as I prefaced earlier, sold on Kenny Galladay. I think people that are trying to get in on now you missed it like you missed it i think a lot of i think a lot of his success had to lean on matt stafford there's a whole wide receiving core you should be grabbing right now that mm-hmm. is fucking cheap and it's cooper cup and bobby woods um it's not in this it's not in this yeah. division where you should be looking unless it's outside the first team that we talked about and the last team we ta- we're gonna talk about um i don't really want anybody in this Giants offense when it comes to it. Except for I guess, like I said, Tony, because you can get them cheaper in 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 rookie drafts. And I think you can couple big plays, uh, Twitter echo chamber is gonna happen. The hype's gonna end up happening. Like I said, he's like two games, two big games away from being able to flip for a profit. Uh we're going back to flip this roster by Jim. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he's he's a guy he's a guy that i can see you getting increased value in the in the league uh by like week six week seven um so he's a guy that i'm i'm buying so yeah
1: I like it. No, I definitely agree. I mean, there definitely could be arguable value out of the New York giants that the fact that they're all going outside of the top 24 wide receivers and only one of them going in the top 36 wide receivers. I think there could be some value there, but I think if things really boom, I think you got to get out from under it. I just don't know. It feels like a volatile offense. If you're not named Saquon Barkley in my eyes um, with -hmm. Daniel Jones at the helm. So Final stop, one uh, you seem to preface as a pretty good spot. I mean, I think the one is really good. The two is man. And then the wide receiver three in this offense could be one of any six well, wide let's, receivers.
0: Let's talk about who you think the one and the two are.
1: Okay, well, let's start with it. So it's Scary Terry and Curtis Samuel. And then ah, a whole that's lot. That's where of, I
0: disagree with you. <laughs> uh,
1: really? Well, then I got a whole lot of competing bodies like Antonio Gandy-Golden. Diami Brown, who's getting some hype, Dax Milne, who's getting a lot of hype, and Adam Humphrey, who's on Humphrey's, who's on the decline of his career. Terry McLaurin had a 41% air yard share, which was good for fourth among wide receivers, and he was a wide receiver 19 last season um, with a pretty awkward quarterback situation. His yards per reception suffered behind Alex Smith, but should be due for some nice progression in 2021. Uh, especially uh, with Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing him the ball, Curtis Samuel just got paid, and he going wide receiver forty-four. Despite some early hype from the signing, and in the past two seasons, he's been a wide receiver three, and only had but only had wide receiver two performances in thirteen of his last oh. thirty-two games. Um, do either of these targets, main targets, intrigue you? And uh, I guess who is the main target in your personal perspective?
0: Terry and then Gibson. Mm. That is the one and the two. Um, No, I'm not really sold on Curtis Samuel. They don't know he's going to go back to plan. As we have talked about in our chats with uh, Dynastronomis, nobody's won their league with a guy that's, what, five years deep in the league and his best wide receiver receiving uh, seasons, what, 600 yards? Like, what did Curtis Samuel have? Like, what's his best season? if i pull I it up I think
1: quick. i think he had i thought he had 800 yards could be wrong okay
0: 800 yards like you know what i mean like nobody's winning with with that like that's your best yeah that's, 851
1: that's... yards last season and that's obviously yeah. what got him paid
0: in year 5 in year right? 4 17 18, four. 19, yeah year 4 going into year 5 sorry going into mm-hmm. year 5 you've had one year where you've had 800 yards and that is it like your your ppr rank has been 48 36 25 like you're never you've never been
1: there's no touchdown upside his yards per reception is really low because he's a a
0: wide receiver too but um yeah i don't care about the 32 points from rushing that's going (laughs) to be antonio gibson antonio gibson is going to be the number two option just because um, he's not technically classified as a wide receiver. Everybody bullshit and complained that he was only at 33 carries coming into the fucking league and that he was more of a wide receiver. Now nobody sees that they're gonna end up following it out. And like I said, go back and listen to that episode yesterday where they're talking about Antonio Gibson and like even like they preface even a little bit, a little tidbit about him getting more passing work and being and JD McKissics for all being phased out a little bit. So like it's all Pointing up for those uh, rocket ship moon little emojis on Twitter that we all like to put, you know, uh, SZN. It's Gibby season, baby. Um, so, yeah, man, he's number two option in there. I'm loving it. Um, I'm not sold on Curtis Samuel, and I'm sorry that people that think that they are sold on him, but it seems like people are not with that depressed ADP, and I'm mm-hmm. liking it, that they're not being sold with it.
1: Definitely. And I mean, like at the end of the day, it's all about figuring out what the work's going to look like because De'Ami Brown, Dax Milne, like, and there's Calvin Harmon who's coming back from injury, uh, all these different names. There's a lot of names, but we don't even know what the workload's going to look like. We don't know what the offense is really going to look like. We just know Antonio Gibson's going to get work. Scary Terry's going to get a lot of work. And then after that, there could be a whole lot of question marks um, from that perspective. Gold and fool's gold. My gold is uh, my gold is going to be oh man, this is a tough one. So, so my fool's gold, I definitely stand uh, with you. It's gonna be, I actually think fool's gold is gonna be Curtis Samuel, despite where you know he's going as a wide receiver 44 and stuff, despite the depressed value and everything. Um, the gold for me. And this may sound crazy, but I think it's going to be Devonta Smith because his value is kind of depressed right now too. Um, The thing with C.D. Lamb, he's your wide receiver six. His ADP is currently wide receiver six. So you have to live up to some lofty expectations. That's like people saying Justin Jefferson, dynasty wide receiver one. Like,
0: please. No, it's not. No, it's not.
1: Well, it just changed. It's shifting.
0: It's not the same thing. Um, So my goal, if we're talking about this – I'm going to give you two. So I'm going to give you a goal from a dynasty perspective and a fool's goal from a dynasty perspective. I am going to give you a goal for a season-long perspective and a fool's goal for a season-long perspective. Um, it'd be awesome if somebody wasn't running the tap right now. I'm trying to give you my dynasty. Fool's goal and season-long – or and not season – sorry. Um. So dynasty, my fool – or my dynasty, my goal is C.D. Lamb. Smoke, if you're still here, man, I am praising these Cowboys today. I am all over them. This dude, like I said, is going to be an alpha. Whether it is this year because Amari Cooper is injured, or next year because Amari Cooper is gone, or Mar- uh, Michael Gallup is gone, and like I don't know, they might both be gone. It's crazy, but um, killing me back there. Am I? Am my dynasty? Am my dynasty pool? Gold is Curtis Samuel. My season long, Mm -hmm. my season long, um, my season long gold guy is Terry McLaurin. My Mm -hmm. season long fool is Devontae Smith because, well, he is going way too high to expect any type of. Return on rookie value return, for him. Man. Yes, rookie. Return on value for him. So mm-hmm. that that is. Sorry about that. If you could even hear that, it was kind of like <laughs> really really high in there. It might be muffled. Um, I don't know. Man. So, we
1: hear I heard you loud right. and clear. Yeah, we got it. I love we it. it. So, um, so let's we'll, keep
0: this train rolling. Yeah, we got we'll one keep more this, position, Connor. Tell yes, what we are.
1: do. We are moving into the tight end room. Um, we'll start in Dallas, although I think we can keep this pretty brief. Dalton Schultz, he emerged last season. Blake Jarwin tore his ACL and missed time. Um, Jarwin's yet to have a 100 PPR season. Uh Schultz emerged with 148.5 last season, a tight end eleven season. Um So, I mean, do you want one? Do you want the other? Or if there are two tight ends in this high-octane offense where there's a trio of wide receivers plus Zeke, do you just straight-up avoid it? I say straight-up avoid it. I mean, I've kind of talked Blake Jarwin up a little bit in the Twitterverse because, I mean, there is room room for them. And I like where you can get them. You can get them super low in a volatile position. It's just a big question mark is when do you know – when to play them
0: connor for the sake of my sfb teams you better not have been bullshitting me with all that blake jarwin love because my sfb teams have both of those guys because i'm not sure and now you got me thinking and the other dude that had me thinking because he ended up tweeting about it was ray garvin is like these dudes are going to probably cannibalize each other just enough in fantasy but i'm playing it where i think that one of them is going to get early down run, like early season run, and the other one is going to get late season run. Um, I also paired them with the my SFB of anywhere, that gives a shit, and I'll keep you updated all season long, week in, week out with this pod, how I'm doing there. Uh, I tag team them with the Indianapolis Colts, Titans, uh, Kylan Granson, who's getting a lot of hype, by the way. and. Mm-hmm. um um Mo Alley Cox and uh that other guy that I keep forgetting, Jake Doyle. Jack
1: Doyle. Yeah. <laughs> Jake. Same thing. Jake. Same thing.
0: Yeah, you know, Jake Doyle. I like
1: it. So so really in best ball or in a format where you can own them both, take it, run the risk, see what happens with it. But overall, I don't think you're seeing any major like tight end one come out of this whole situation like any real top 12 guy gonna
0: come out of here at the end of season i don't think you're gonna get a guy that comes out that like tight end 12 or or higher but i do think you are going to have early season weeks where you're gonna have them pop up as like tight end eight tight end six tight end nine tight end 12 um Mm -hmm. on the week on the week and then you know what I mean, like they're gonna cannibalize each other and probably finish like tight ends eighteen and twenty two um, on the year. You know what I mean? I agree. But that's that's just me.
1: Oh. No, I can definitely see that. Uh, we'll move into Philadelphia next, where yeah, there's we actually some intrigue at the tight end position. Everything coming out of camp as that hurts is leaning heavily on his tight ends. But yes, both yeah. Yeah, both of them. Hurts, even Hertz, who people were writing off, Daniel Jeremiah even mentioned he expects the tight ends to remain heavily utilized in Philadelphia uh, with under Sirianni and Jalen Um, for who the said last. That? Daniel Jeremiah said that. Yeah, he He knows his shit too, right? He does know his shit. He might know a little bit. Um, So, for the last five straight seasons, the Eagles have ranked top two, top two in targets to the tight end position. Ertz had a tough 2020. He also dealt with a high ankle sprain for five weeks, which is one of those injuries where, yeah, he missed five weeks, but it likely affected him for far more than five weeks. Prior to last season, he was in that top three tight end, that upper echelon, you know, the, the, the king the prince the jester you know the whole party up there um prior to last season he had been a top six tight end for four straight seasons with 200 plus ppr points in three of those so i definitely expect a major bounce back for zacherts a healthy zacherts season goddard's expected to get the money and remain the eagles tight end one beyond 20 beyond 2021 also, I should have said Zacherts is a free agent after this year. And after all the drama this offseason, I don't think he's coming back or getting paid by Philadelphia. Um, Goddard, he's been a top 10 tight end once, but has flashed a very nice ceiling, including last season. He was a tight end 20. He missed some time. His average per game, tight end 10. What do you make of this massive tight end opportunity in Philadelphia?
0: I love Zach Ertz. This is a dude that I just took in a league non-premium in round 19. This dude is going to give you – do you hear what I just said? That round 19 is not because Devontae Smith isn't practicing, Coach Craig. Get out of here with that nonsense. It's because – Thank you for
1: getting pushing that away. Thank you.
0: Get out of here with that shit. Um, it's because Zach Ertz is good, and as much as people, including myself, were thinking that he was going to be leaving because he was disgruntled and Philadelphia wasn't going to end up paying him, and it seemed like the ascension of Dallas Goddard was there. Where there's smoke, there is fire. Um, I'm sorry, Smoke Man. I love you. I love that tagline today. Oh, <laughs> it's just in my head. Uh, go check out the Smoke Show podcast, man, because that shit is on the hook. It gets it, it, like an earworm in you there, and it, you, you get it, man. So anyway, like I said, where there's smoke, there's fire. And why is he throwing to his tight ends? Not because Devontae Smith is not there, because it is out of camp reports that Dallas Goddard has actually been struggling a little bit. And it's been urged that's been – the go to guy, and that is one of the reasons why they did not end up letting him go was because of their concerns with Dallas Goddard and being the total focal point of this offense. So, yeah, I think they're going to lean on the tight ends. Yeah, I think it's probably going to be a 60 40 split in that tight end room. And I think it's going to learn Ertz's way this year, man. And then they're going to end up really evaluating to see if they're going to really pay Dallas Goddard or go after a guy on the free agency market in a similar tier right that's going to end up getting paid like yeah i like dallas but like he hasn't ever really fulfilled our expectations um that we've really really wanted right like we keep expecting him to be a tight end one and like valuing him like a tight end one i've seen in like league leagues myself included but i'm never actually getting it and i'm really really starting to get concerned about it and i'm Tangent real quick, I'm kind of afraid that I'm, Irv Smith is going to become the same thing for me, where he's going to be a guy that is just going to be perpetually overdrafted and never fulfills his ADP. But, yeah, man, um, I love her. I can see I it. It's,
1: Ertz is dirt cheap, and I know that he's going into his 30s and stuff, but somebody's going to pay this guy. I mean, he's got an impressive resume and stuff. Dallas Goddard's probably going to get his money, too. Um, but at the end of the day it's definitely something to watch especially this year because philadelphia was all gung-ho on giving him money and suddenly training camp started and the dallas goddard contract extension has hit the back burner so definitely something to watch this and they season. got money too
0: right you know what i mean they got money mm-hmm. um you got a rookie quarterback you got two rookie wide receivers you got a bunch of Bums and the uh, running back room and a rookie on a contract. You know what I mean? Like you're not you're not paying top dollar. I don't really mean bums. You know what I mean? um I just mean like you're not paying top dollar. Boston Scott's not commanding top dollar in that in that, mm-hmm. in that room. Kenneth gamewell is on a rookie contract. You know what I mean? Like Miles Sanders is. I don't know. Is Miles Sanders actually before I? He, not, he's, he's, he's he's due he's line?
1: due soon. So he's yeah, due for uh, some money. Not getting paid by them.
0: Um, but they're not paying out is what I'm saying right now. So, like, they do have the money, and that is what's really concerning for me, that that contract did go on the back burner, as, as you just said there real quick. And, like, that is really fucking concerning for me, that they did not get rid of Hurts, They put those contracts on the back burner. What do they see in camp every day? I'd be concerned as a fantasy owner. Like you said, like I've said several times, this is where there would be Josh Jacobs with the Kenyon Drake deal or – um Who's the other running back? I was saying they keep bringing in running backs. Uh Miles Sanders with Kenneth Gamewell. Where there's smoke there is fire. So, like, yeah, let's keep it, let's keep it going. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Definitely no, I completely we got agree.
0: Two more rooms, and one of them isn't even really worth talking about. So let's get to the first one. Let's get to the New York Giants. And if you Absolutely. have my say on it, I'm just gonna quote Smokey with fuck Evan Ingram.
1: Yeah, I don't think there's a whole lot that we have to say here. They brought in Rudolph, who's literally been the thorn in Irv Smith owner Smith Jr. owner side for a couple years. Evan Ingram, he actually finally has some true competition for targets, which he really hasn't had in the past. That he could have taken advantage of with Galladay in, Rudolph in, Tony arriving to the slot, Barkley returning. Ingram's has struggled with health severely he finally had a 16 game season last season and failed to even be a tight end one he only he averaged less than nine points per game and has been just a massive letdown despite his uh athletic skill set um he did have that 2017 rookie breakup but really that's all there is to talk about avoid 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 and I think that we can wrap up the New York Giants <laughs> with that statement right there. Um, for those listening you, on the podcast about... form, Evan Ingram, uh, Ingram sucks was brought up as a comment, and uh, and Jim just shot at the bubble the comment <laughs> bubble. So,
0: um, do you want to talk about Logan Thomas besides the fact that he just got paid and like good for him? I am all for when. Fucking dudes get paid and, like, dudes that have, like, slugging it out in the NFL. You know what I mean? Like, he is Mm -hmm. a true a true uh, story, testament, a story of, like, just keep grinding out and good things will happen to you. I am glad for you, Logan Thomas, that you did get paid. Do you want to talk about him? Because I don't really think he has a role too situated when Curtis Samuel comes back because that's the guy that I think really eats into, into his thing. I don't think there's going to be four people as an options that are going to be really rolling with this. With Fitz, I already talked about that. I think it's going to be Scary Terry and Gibson in the passing game, and that's it. Gibson, all of a sudden, you know what I mean, going to be taking up all the rushing work. And then when Curtis Samuel comes back, he's going to be, I think, the third option. I just don't really think there's going to be a fourth option in there, and I think those two operate in a similar role. But
1: Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you in that uh, sentiment. I mean, he did. He was top 10 in touchdowns. He was top 10 in a lot of categories for tight ends last season. I do think that lends hand-in-hand hand to the Alex Smith situation and the fact that he doesn't like to throw the ball deep. He really liked McKissick. He really liked... Um, Logan Thomas, I just don't see the volume being there again. Logan Thomas with... 110 targets he averaged almost seven per game that was number three among tight ends I just don't foresee that happening again in this offense like you said Curtis Samuel has arrived there's a whole lot of question marks how's the game going to flow for them how much are they going to pass the ball how much are they going to lean on Gibson Terry who's going to be the quarterback is it going to be Fitzmagic through the entire season is it not going to be Fitzmagic through the entire season (laughs) I mean there's just way too many question marks if they had have drafted a franchise quarterback back i'd probably be way more open to discussing logan thomas and the fact that he got a new three-year deal and the fact that he's staying around in this organization for the next three years like i said of course he got paid the man got paid and coach craig yes we know fitz hates the tight ends because mike is you know feeling it no
0: do you know why i hate them? tight ends don't run deep enough for fitz
1: Exactly. How are you supposed to throw a YOLO ball to like 10 yards down Seven the field? 10 yards oh. out. <laughs> exactly. You can't throw that YOLO ball. So like, yeah, for me, I think... J.D. McKissick, he's gonna disappear. He was an Alex Smith effect. Logan Thomas, he got paid, so he's gonna get utilized. Is he gonna be what was he the tight end four, or the time five, or whatever time five this past season? Is he gonna be, we be that again? About that after no. The top
0: three, it doesn't matter. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Rock Circus, I don't care. They're all interchangeable.
1: And they're um, yeah, they're not gonna be the same. You look at four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Right now, they will not look the same at the end of the 2021 season as they did in 2020
0: absolutely man so this has been pretty fun connor man i don't know if i had as much fun as you with this nfc east division like you did i kind of shit on the eagles there a little bit <laughs> i love the cowboys like apparently like i am like in on the cowboys this year um
1: you can, in, if you're looking there in fantasy, and you have a team who's going to throw the ball nearly six thousand yards, your quarterback was on pace for nearly six thousand yards, six hundred like fifty pass attempts. How can you not love that for fantasy? And then you got Zeke, like the yeah, picturesque RB one over the last like five seasons. You can't um, not love it.
0: Real quick, I don't really want to talk about the gold fools gold here. I think there's a lot of fool's gold in this division. I think mm-hmm. there's a whole fucking positional thing is fool's gold when it comes to after the top three. I've always been saying it like we just alluded to four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten are gonna be different than they were in 2020, 2019, 2018. They're gonna be 2022, 20, whatever. They're always gonna be different. Um, mm-hmm. so this has been a blast. I had fun. I'm not even sure what division we're doing next. I'm pretty. We are sure. going. We're
1: going to West. We're going to the NFC West, and I just want to point this out for uh, the listeners. Next week is episode number fifty. Of the Gold well, Jacket yeah, we podcast, we made it. We made it to the big five zero. I know if you checked out the uh, True North Fantasy Football podcast two weeks ago, they hit number one hundred and they had Justin Boone on. Good episode there. They talk wide receivers. Definitely go and we check that won't one out. Be that
0: hyped, man! <laughs> uh, episode one hundred. They had the Booner. Um, Boone is awesome. Good guy. We'll work on that for we will for number one hundred. Um, that's it. We will have a little bit of cursing. We will probably lag out at the beginning. Um, I'll probably end up lagging out at the end. Uh, you know what I say? Uh, even a shit show is a show. So I've had, I've had a lot of fun, man. Um, Definitely, you absolutely. Get called from upstairs again. This has been a game. Believe this, man. I just want to thank everybody Ooh. for listening, checking out the live stream, and checking us out on all your podcast platforms. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe wherever you watch and listen. Make sure you follow me at Gold and QB. You see it there on the bottom of the screen. Follow my man, Connor 10 on Twitter. You find the whole True North fantasy football crew at TrueNorthFFB.com. Check out all our work and see you next Tuesday. No. <sniffs> <sniffs>